So, like, I appreciate it a lot. They take an ownership of editing the past couple episodes. Right. But I'm still trying to understand <laughs> why you send the audio back to me with whatever the title of the episode is spelled incorrectly intentionally. <laughs> it's very it's very confusing. I don't know if it's a loop thing. I don't know if you just like wanna play it off like you you didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> or if you do want to play it off like you did it on purpose. I'm I'm confused. So last week we our subject was being multifaceted, and you made it a point to send it to me. And not only did you spell it incorrectly, you broke it down <laughs> and spelled it multifaceted. And then on top of that, I made a post for promotion where it was linked to you, where it was a multifaceted faucet. Yeah, I didn't repost it. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not doing this. What is the deal with the faucets? It's a word. But I appreciate that it has character, and you, Luke Burton, are a character. And this is the Be Rare Podcast. I'm Micah Rotunda. My name's Lukey B. Lukey B. And today, you wanted to talk about something that's kind of prevalent in your life, maybe at the moment. I don't know. Definitely something I've experienced. And it kind of ties into last week's subject. So take the floor. Cool. Oh, I will. Okay, um, <laughs> sounds good. So we talked about last week about how we needed to be multifaceted, um, especially within the ever-changing world that we live in, um, and becoming a jack-of-all-trades as well as a master of all trades, being able to have high traction, being able to be all things to all people. Um, it can sometimes lead to us being uh, obsessed with these goals or being absorbed by these goals. And because we have so much traction that we almost lose sight of what's really most important to us, which is our own physical and mental well-being. Mm. And I will say this is that I have felt a little bit of burnout within the past couple of weeks or mostly last couple of days. But I think that that just comes down to my own personal awareness within myself. So what I would really like to discuss is one, my own personal battles with burnout, uh, what to do when you experience burnout, and also what failures that I've had or that we have had when it comes to maybe pushing a little too hard when we should have backed off, mm -hmm. and how to go forward and how to recognize burnout maybe for yourself and for personal examples between you and I. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, especially, you know, to just come off of an episode where we're talking about how valuable it can be to be multifaceted and to be able to do multiple things. One of the biggest things is the flow. And what I'm going to dive into now is the flow of life, the flow of a process, and not forcing it to happen. And that's something that when I was younger, I was actually just talking to a young entrepreneur last week. She's just started her own clothing brand, and she has all these dreams, these ambitions, and she feels like she's already not doing enough. And it's like, I see so much of myself in that person. And I look back in my early 20s, and I think about how like incredibly driven I was. And I haven't lost that drive by any means, but my approach to things are very different. So in my early 20s, I was very adamant about like, I want this so badly, I'm gonna do anything in my power to make it happen. 
I am going to show up early, I'm going to stay late, I'm going to go above and beyond, I'm gonna sign myself up for as many opportunities as possible. And I don't regret any of that, none of it whatsoever. All that experience, that energy I applied to things that took me to forward motion places and cool experiences, I wouldn't trade any of that. But now, I'm getting older, I'm getting more tired. <laughs> so to think that I have to sacrifice really my peace and my well-being, like you just said, and I think that's really important that we highlight too, is talking about the mental and physical aspect of our well-being. I don't want to lose that. And I see so many people in my life that I admire, that are very business-minded, that are extremely successful, and I feel fortunate to have their mentorship and have them take time to give me advice. And one of the biggest things I see them give up is any time devoted to just their health and their well-being. And they advise me to not make that, not make that sacrifice. Now you, Luke. Well, one, I think that it's important that we touch upon what you just said, though, is that it's important to take care of yourself, right? Because at the end of the day, if you are younger and you are just trying to break into a business, maybe you do have to overextend yourself, mm -hmm. and maybe you do have to figure out how to navigate a, the plane of reality that you're trying to enter in, right? Because I know that I've done that, I know that you've done that, where you work two jobs. You work a regular job, and then you work the job in the industry that you want, and you're not getting paid anything. Or you work five jobs, yeah. and hopefully that one of them is in line with what your goals are as far as like an entertainment something, so yes. Right, to where you're extending yourself so that you can get more exposure to the industry that you want to be in, that's okay. It's, I think that burnout is actually a good sign of you taking on more than you currently are capable of, but you understand that you want to continue to go, right? So in my personal experience, whenever I experience burnout is when I have multiple things going on at the same time and it's not that I'm not taking time away from myself, it's that I don't take enough allotted time by myself. And what I mean by that is, is that maybe I'll take, let's say it, there's 24 hours in a day, right? Allegedly. Um, allegedly. You We're know. in a simulation. Correct. It's all a lie. Yep, it's, it's uh, all ones and zeros, binary, y'all. Mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, Let's just say that you know there's 24 hours in a day, um, theoretically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're not going to dive into that rabbit hole. But no. so there's 24 hours in a day. Um, you work eight hours a day if you're me um, for your nine to five, and then there is at least an hour in there where you do workout, and after that there's probably countless more hours of reading and self-development or editing audio or planning marketing plans or talking with somebody about how you can help them with their marketing or their presentation mm. digitally. And then there is, uh, let's say that that is what, a couple hours, and then there's another amount of hours where I just take time for myself. But instead of grouping that time together, I do it spaced out throughout the course of a day which 
in my head, compounds, but theoretically it compounds. But in practice and in application, it does not compound at all. Because at the end of the day, I'm still going from work to work to work to work to sleep. Mm -hmm. And there's no time to where it's like, okay, there's like one and a half hours before bed. Or you can just dick around and watch professional wrestling videos. Or you, I, for me, it's sea creatures, but you know, teach creatures. their own. Yeah. I like to watch ocean videos before I go to sleep. That's why, if anybody is wondering why I post so many videos of like sharks and manta rays and stuff and waves, that's what I look at before I go to sleep. And I just feel like someone else out there who follows me on social media will appreciate it too. So I'm like, may as well share this beautiful wave video. But that's my decompression time. You share those, I share videos of kids getting hurt. <laughs> that's weird. You've never seen kids getting hurt on Instagram? No, I don't know what that means. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna like it's actually kids no, getting it, hurt. The the handle is at kids getting hurt, and oh. it's just and it's just kids. So my favorite one that I've shared recently <laughs> is this kid. <laughs> so he's walking, he's he's going across the ha monkey bars, and Aww. he goes all the way there. He goes all the way there, and it's so suspenseful because he makes it all the way to the <laughs> other side, and then he lets go, and then he just gets nutted. And it's well. That's not funny. It's it's brutal because I've been there. Yeah, every <laughs> every boy that has ever played on a playground has been there, and it's like, ooh, oh man, that sucks. That's I not can't. funny. I mean, tomato potato. Tomato potato. <laughs> that's the name of this episode. That's the second time you've used that today. Let's see how I can misspell that when I edit it. So. Back on track. <laughs> Back on track. So for you, when you say to yourself, you sit down and go, okay, I'm burnt out. When does that moment happen for you? Uh, I think it's a day late to when I should, oh. if that makes sense. So what I mean by that, and I'll clarify that, is that I'll feel like I'm getting tired and I'll feel like I'm getting tired and I'll feel like I'm getting tired. But I have this inner voice inside my head that says, no, you can do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. No. Nah. You're not going to back down. You're going to do a little bit more. If you push through this, you're going to be on the other side. And then I get on the other side of it, and I still haven't reached the goal that I'm getting after. Uh, ultimately, to what I'm trying to do with all this cumulative work, I might be closer, but I'm not there yet. And instead of just taking that time to where I was tired and I could have taken that break, now I'm double tired, and now I have to take even more time to recover when I could have just listened to that. I could have just not listened to the voice inside my head and mm -hmm. I could have listened to my body mm -hmm. and been like, oh, well, maybe you should, you know, just decompress right now. Maybe you should listen to some binaural beats and just fall asleep. There you go. You know, but I, I think that when you have those moments where you want to push forward more, I think that there's two things that can happen. One, you get turned off from the thing that you're doing. And it becomes more of a disassociating, uh, disassociating uh, event that happens within the course of you achieving that goal. Or after you're done with that, you realize, looking back in hindsight, man, I really wanted this thing so much that I almost put myself into the dirt to get it. And if you're driven and sometimes you get like that, I think that that is a must have. Like, that, that, like I think that you, sometimes you have to 
get to the point where you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends to realize how bad that you want something, to realize how much things mean to you. I like that. Um, when I think about this, as per usual, I think about things in terms of fitness. Right. So let's say I'm doing a strength program. Got it. And I'm following it very strictly. Let's say it's just a little bit too much. Okay. Or I'm doing a little bit too much. Even though I have the program and I know what I'm supposed to do, I know in my head, oh, I can do a little bit more. And I add to whatever that program is. What will happen, because it's all based off of science and percentages, generally speaking, in like a strength program, especially a very strict one, if you veer off the program and you take on too much, one, you're going to shock your central nervous systems where it's like, well, why'd you do this? Now we're pissed off at you and you won't know in the moment when you're doing it, you're like, I got this. You won't know until like maybe a week later. And then what do you do? You have to regress because you did too much too soon and it takes you back. And to speak to where you're talking about wanting something so badly, I'm gonna go back to that flow aspect. So when I was 21, I was auditioned by the WWE. Yes, for everybody listening, I have thought about being a wrestler. Stop asking me. <laughs> Who are you looking at? The sky. <laughs> so when I was 21, I had already gone to broadcasting school and I was doing my thing and I was producing my YouTube channel and I was working at the CW part-time as a production assistant and the radio station part-time, like doing all the things that I could to get my feet wet and get as much experience as possible while still serving tables and working at a music venue like that four job mentality of whatever it takes by any means necessary and then I put a travel channel audition out and it was on YouTube and talent relations John Lauren and I saw it and he approached me at Wrestlemania when we were in California and asked me if I would be interested in potentially being on the broadcast team and I'm like yeah of course that would be an amazing honor so I went through an audition process and I remember wanting that so badly because of one, the family affiliation, how badly I wanted that prestige of being a, a third generation and in the business and around my dad and around my brothers and being there but also doing my own thing and making my own name and forcing it and being so persistent with it. And, reading my script like my the following contest is scheduled for one fall and the WWE Network is only $9.99 reading that religiously like walking around and pacing through my living room and then at the laundromat and all these things and I'm thinking to myself this leads to something I want this I am willing this into fruition right. that didn't happen it did not happen I did not get signed it wasn't the right fit uh, I wasn't bilingual I'm also bigger than a lot of the girls who are on the roster, uh, like in stature, which announcers are usually a little more petite. Uh, all these things, it just wasn't right. And it took so much for me to accept that because I was forcing it. So again, I'm 21 and I was at Becky Lynch's the night before my audition and we were talking about it. I'm like, I want this so bad. It would be, it would be, it would make my life to be here, right? And I had brought flowers over because she was always, she's one of the most benevolent people I've ever met. She opened her doors to me whenever I needed to come stay somewhere. So I stayed at her place anytime I went to go do my audition. And I brought flowers as a thank you. And she's like, you see the flower? I can't, I'm not gonna try to do, to do Becky's cool voice. Right. It's not gonna happen. But she's like, do you see this flower? 
if I pick this flower up, I can notice that it's flourished and it's beautiful and I can appreciate all the vibrancy it's done just like naturally. But if I take this flower and I hold it in my hand and I slowly squeeze the flower, what's gonna happen? Like you're gonna kill the flower. You're forcing it, right? Just let things happen. And this is somebody who, Becky's dream was WWE and she had done so many amazing things with her life already. Very similar, like traveled, um, wrestled in Japan, worked at Hell, in Hell's Kitchen in New York City, did stunt woman work, like all these cool things. And she made it to where she wanted to be. And there was a process and a flow to that. So getting back to my point is trusting that process. I look at WWE, and I mean this in the most respectful way, it's the best thing that never happened because it led me to where I'm supposed to be. And at the time, I was super green. I was not ready by any means to be on TV, to be an announcer. I didn't have reps in. I was very, very green. So there was a producer named Johnny Greco. And this guy is amazing. He's out in Vegas now. And Johnny would coach me. And he'd say to me, you know what? No matter what happens, like you are a star. And I believe in you. And that meant the world. And he told me, keep applying this energy and keep getting experience in any ways that you can. So I took that same energy and all those different like avenues that I had done before and applied it to just growth. And instead of burning the wick at both ends or getting like burnt out in just one arena, it then kind of opened up the doors to let that flow process happen. Opportunities presented themselves. And instead of having all my focus, all my energy into one thing that potentially, and this ties back to last week's episode, was multifaceted, could have not happened, which it didn't, I then had all of these different things going on that fed my soul and didn't make me feel burnt out in any one arena. Right. So your burnout with that, so let me ask you a follow-up question in regards to WWE. So when you didn't get, uh, when, you, when you did the audition and then you didn't get, get hired. offered a position <laughs> mm -hmm. for them, you didn't get offered a contract with them, so is that when the burned out, like when that burnout of all that work that you did, it compounded? Or when did you feel the effect of that? I don't think either or. It wasn't so much a burnout, it was a lesson. Got it. It was okay. a lesson on allowing life to happen as it should. And instead of letting things that do burn you out defeat you, you keep moving. You keep moving forward. Like right. we are responsible for moving our feet. We can stand in the same place and feel sorry for ourselves, or you can pick your chin up and you can realize that there's opportunity everywhere that you look if you want to create it and keep moving. So shortly after that, I didn't give up on the idea that potentially one day maybe they call me back. I needed live event experience. Well, guess what? You can only get live event experience one way by hosting a live event. So do you know what my happy ass did? I marched back to St. Pete. I approached the owner of the Venue Nova 535 in downtown St. Pete. Shout out to Michael Novella, who also hosts the Entrepreneur Social Club. I said, I want to create a wellness fair. I want to put it together. We'll sell vendors. We'll pack your house. And I would love to emcee it. He said, let's do it. There's my first live event, right? I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know what would come of it. That was my first one. So you just never know. Right. But the point is, is having balance to that song and dance is crucial and key. And it's still something that we're, we're both learning. We're always gonna have to learn for the rest of our lives because it's hard, especially if you're a very passionate person, to tone that down. And for people who tell you to tone it down, you're like, you don't understand. You just don't get it. Yeah. 
So it's our responsibility to acknowledge when we feel like we're tired, don't quit, rest. Right. And when you feel like you are getting restless in whatever you're doing, then focus on something else for a little while so that you don't crush that flower. Right. Uh, to just piggyback off of that, is that another point and maybe a different angle to look at this is sometimes you might be getting into a flow to where you are speeding up and speeding up and speeding up and taking on and taking on and mm. taking on. Mm -hmm. And because you get absorbed by that process, you think that this is just how it goes. It's not how it goes. Just like your analogy of somebody doing a powerlifting program, you're taking on a little bit of a load at a time. Slowly. Slowly, over the course of 12 weeks. You know, three months. And then if you continue with that over the course of your lifetime mm -hmm. to make sure that you are accustomed to taking on that heavy load, don't rush the process. Understand that it's going to happen in time. And if you continue to do the things such as, for example, for me, doing three podcasts a week, editing them, working with you and collaborating so that I can hone my skills a little bit better, working with other people in terms of their social media, taking on other stuff at work to where mm -hmm. I'm managing social media and doing marketing that way so that I get more experience within a corporate realm so that I can translate it to my own personal businesses. It all doesn't have to happen at once. It can eventually happen at once, but do yourself a favor, understand what you are capable of right now and understanding where you want to be and build to that. It doesn't have to happen overnight and it won't happen overnight. No. no I, all the 15 minutes of fame, like especially if you look at somebody like Macklemore, you know, he got big off a thrift shop, but I know that it took him eight years to get one hit song before he started to actually see the work that he had put in to actually reap the benefits of it. Yeah, it's not yeah. overnight success. Are you going to make me use my crockpot analogy? <laughs> That's where I was going with I don't want to be flash fried. I don't want to be in the skillet. All right, so for those who aren't familiar with my slow cooker analogy, okay, you got a skillet. You're going to throw some, let's throw, um, let's throw eggs in there today. Ooh, like you start girl. cooking the eggs. <laughs> you start cooking the eggs. At first they're like, wow, that smells good. Eggs don't smell that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's say mushrooms. Let's do mushrooms. Yeah. Start sauteing some mushrooms and some onions. Onions and mushrooms and some garlic. Always smells really good. Or fajitas, yeah. whatever. You want to put those all in there, you're sauteing it up, you're like, wow, this smells good, it's sizzling, the onions are starting to get translucent, this is a nice fajita mix. And then you forget about it, it's been in the skillet for like five, 10 minutes, and 15, and then you get distracted, you start doing something else. If you're like me, you got 12 things, you're like cleaning the floors and playing music and the bongos and all sorts of stuff, and you're like, oh no, I burnt my fajitas. And then what do you do? You got to throw them away. Whereas the crock pot, you put all the ingredients in there, you put it on a low simmer, you get all of your stuff done and that's just cooking. It's just working. And then whenever it's time to eat, you're like, what's that amazing smell? It's like nine hours later, like, wow. It's that perfect fajita, slow cooked tenderloin that's ready to rock and roll. So you don't want to throw that away. That's to be savored. So that's my slow cooker analogy. But to speak to your point of, um, 
life happening one moment at a time. Yep. I had another mentor who is a public speaker named Bobby Petricelli. He's local. He wrote a book called You Matter, It Doesn't. And he talks about life happens one moment at a time. Don't take life day by day. Take it moment by moment. And also, life doesn't happen in chapters. It happens in pages. So like whatever page you're on, you're writing the next word as your day goes on. So to try to skip ahead of chapter 12 and figure out what the hell is happening is one, a waste of time, and two, you're, you're not gonna know what that holds, so you may as well just focus on right here, right now, and within your conscious mind, be as present as possible. That's another mistake I made younger. I was always thinking about the next thing. That's kind of where Where To Next might evolved. like where can I travel, where can I go, what can I experience? What's here now? Right. What's better than right here, right now? COVID has put a lot of things into perspective. So before this happened, I would say in February, I was so burnt out that I was delirious in so many ways. And I will always be as transparent as possible. I was probably, as an adult, the, the worst I've ever been. My composure was great. My temperament with people was fine. But internally, a lot of struggle was happening, a whole lot. and. COVID provide the opportunity to slow the F down and to work on some things within myself, back to the mind and the body, that I needed to desperately work on and stop neglecting. And the huge key of that was rest. Because when you are well rested, you're comprehending things differently, you're processing life and the things that you actually want. And to, to speak to what you said at the beginning, what's most important really presents itself. Of course, and we talked about that at the beginning of, of COVID when we started really brainstorming this podcast and you inviting me to do this with you, is that we both were feeling that and we felt like the world was doing the same thing that we were doing. It was mm. almost this contraction instead of the expansion, right? Um, not saying anything in regards to COVID and uh, you know the effects that it has on everybody and how you know it's obviously been detrimental to a lot of people's health and has brought up a lot of different issues, but I can only start to speak from my personal experience and the experiences that I've shared with you is that we were both at that tipping point mm -hmm. where we were like, where, like, I don't, I know that I stay composed pretty much and I know that I open up to you, but where, like, I was at a hands up moment. Like, I don't know where, what I'm doing anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I know what I'm doing, but I don't know why I'm doing it. And I keep going through the same motions, and I keep saying the same things and listening to the same videos that, like, all I just need to do is change my mentality instead of just looking at the reality that I'm in and realizing maybe that the process that I'm using in order to achieve the goal that I'm going after isn't working, and maybe the goal that I'm going after isn't worth pursuing anymore. Yep. And it's okay to have those moments where your hands are up, like you said, and you go, you know what? I'm lost right now. I am literally lost and I'm not sure which direction I'm heading next. And that's where that rest aspect comes in. So I said earlier, like you have to keep moving. You have to keep moving. You can keep moving, but guess what? You can't move well unless you rest. Right. Take also, a break. And on top of that, if you're used to running all the time and you're used to working at a breakneck speed, Maybe it's okay for you for a little bit to do the same things, but just not kill yourself doing it. Like that's a big thing. You know, you can have active rest, especially within either whether that is training or your own personal life. Mm -hmm. 
You know, you can still continue to learn and still continue to grow, but it might not be at that exponential rate that you're expecting or what you think that the world expects of you. Well, let's say, uh, well, I say keep it at 100. Every day doesn't have to be 100. You can go at 90. Right. You can go at 80. You just have to show up for yourself. Right. And so, like, speaking to work out, you can't, you can't go in and do a workout and work out at 100% every, every day. day. That's impossible. You're going you're gonna to burn out very quickly. So that translates back to life. And we all get overzealous. Whenever we're experiencing something new, it's so exciting. Yeah, I want to take this on, take this on, take this on. Acknowledge the fact that it is okay to say no. Yep. I had to say no to something. Um, actually, I've been doing it a lot lately. Two things I've been doing, I've been consciously doing. One, saying no when I need to. Like, I'm sorry, between this, 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 and this, I am literally expended. I can't take this on too. Appreciate the offer, but no. Number two, stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. You are doing your best. Don't, don't start a text. I want you to do this this week. This is a challenge for you listening and for you, Luke. If you go to say something or to text something, do not say, hey, sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. You'll immediately realize how often you do that. If I'm not immediately responsible to text back, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not texting back because I'm doing something else. I'm giving that my here and now attention. And so one thing I've recognized in the past, I was like, hey, sorry. Why am I sorry? I'm sorry if I do something really wrong intentionally that hurts somebody. So there's a difference in saying sorry and then being apologetic for a reason that you, shouldn't, you should be unapologetic. So it's a conscious thing of like, hey, I'm doing my best. I'm not sorry for doing my best. It gives yourself a moment of credit of like, okay, I'm good. So those are two things I want to challenge everybody to do. And that's good because you don't want to, I'm going to throw around the word power, but you don't want to give away your own personal power because yeah. that, at the end of the day, you're then allowing somebody else, whether you consciously know it or not, with that challenge, when you say sorry, when you say sorry for something that isn't your fault and also has nothing to be sorry for, you're giving away your own personal power and also letting people know that you feel consciously bad about something that isn't your responsibility and it gives them permission to throw it back onto you and it and it like as much as it might be like that might be like an overstatement or maybe like of a blanket generalization but i've seen that within my own personal life and it's not healthy i don't think so much bad is the adjective to use there it's obligated you're not yeah. obligated hey sorry hey sorry instead reword it how would you word that to yourself? If, I mean, you can still apologize for something. You can say, well, I apologize for that. But, like, you don't, you don't have to say, I'm sorry for that. It's like, I'm a, I apologize that that happened to you. Mm -hmm. There's ways around it to say the same thing and be empathetic, but not to take that on as your own obligation, as you were saying. Absolutely. And then uh, my challenge for the week. Oh, let me hear it. We said it before, but um, we said it before we got on air, but my dad over dinner, uh, while I was talking to him. We love you, Joe. Love you, big Joe. Um, he 
told me to look up the word hubris and to guard against it because it is a common trait within my family, especially the men, to uh, think that we know it all and that we know what's best, even if we don't know what we're talking about. And maybe, <laughs> uh, and I can say that I've been a victim of that. I can say that sometimes I get like that when I feel like I'm in motion uh-huh. and I'm in control of my life and somebody's giving me a suggestion. That leads to burnout. Mm. That's you not recognizing that you're in your own way. So my challenge to everybody listening and to Micah as well is that when you feel like you're getting to that point where you're having to have that internal dialogue of where you're saying, well, who does this person think they are? Or why are they saying this to me? I know what I'm doing. Like this is, of course I would do it this way. Why are they suggesting it? Just slow your roll. People don't have that ill of intentions. Just recognize that that is your inner boss ass bitch. We all got one. We all got one. Getting a little too sassy. Hubris. So when you say the word hubris, for whatever reason, I feel like the word hubris, the definition of it should be like explained like this. So I'm just going to look up the definition of hubris. If we look into uh, the Merriam-Webster dictionary so really So just quickly. to paint the picture, she has two fingers on both of her nostrils, <laughs> plugging up her nasal pathway. How would you describe hubris? <laughs> Siri. Hey, Siri. Siri. Siri, answer me. Siri's hubris. She's a hubris lady, if you have ever seen one. Okay, hubris from ancient Greek describes a personality, quality of extreme or foolish foolish pride or dangerous overconfidence, often in combination with arrogance. Don't be hubris. This has been the Be Rare Podcast. I'm Micah Rotunda. My name's Lukey B. And, uh, yeah, I am speechless. I don't know what to say. I'll tell you what to say. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Tomato, potato. Tomato, potato. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.